This Fucked Podcast, where we talk about the many ways the world is fucked. Uh, I'm Lauren. And I'm Brianna. And today, we're going to talk about the history of labor in the United States and the decline of labor unions. And then I also, I kind of want to pick your brain at the Mm -hmm. end, too, on, like, what do we think is like needed to to move this forward or to like get back to a place where like labor is strong and where okay. we're having protesting or like collective action and collective action movements. Um but yeah. Okay, I so my wheels will my wheels will be turning on that one <laughs> as we're talking through it. Well it's yeah, because that's just like really the the key, right? Like, I don't, I don't know that there's like easy answers to that, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. But yeah, so I, I guess like I was thinking about this. I don't like labor in general is something that I think I'm really interested in. I've always been a big class solidarity girly. Um, but in our last podcast, when we were talking about the French and how the French are like so quick to action. I just like it made me think of I don't know have you ever seen the meme where or not meme it's just like a photo people share I feel like around election cycles on how um in France like they can take time off to protest and there isn't like like you're not going to lose your job you're not going to lose your livelihood your access to healthcare public service or public resources if you protest right but right. in the United States like that's not a thing yeah, I've definitely you know? seen that. It's like, why don't Americans just protest like we do or whatever? And then right. like, we, we can't. Like, if you lose your job, then you lose your health care. You lose your home. There's nothing like – there's no safety net for you. Um, I kind of feel like I that's think- the French, like, um, like, ethos, though. Like, why don't you just right. go to right. Nice right. for the summer? Why don't you just eat a baguette and smoke a cigarette or whatever? Right. It's like, why are you all, it's, it's like the equivalent of like, just be happy. Why are you depressed? (laughs) Right. Like just go hang out with your friends. Um, but yeah, so I feel like, I don't know. There's also just like a lot within labor where I feel like the way that the United States has sort of like uniquely centered capitalism as like both an economic and really in a lot of ways, a political system. Like, I feel like that all kind of ties together and is like deeply problematic and makes me feel like we cannot ever substantially improve things without having like a, a real anti-capitalist movement. And then like how do you have an anti-capitalist movement if labor is like completely like defanged, you know? Yeah. I, on that like similar note when you were saying that like it's a political movement, I I find it I've always found it so ironic that when there are like labor based movements or communal um like community based solutions that's automatically labeled communist or socialist and the people who um propagate those ideas are automatically identified as socialists right and that's a pejorative term in the u.s when really, like, I think a lot of our public figures have embodied the identity of capitalists, but refuse to identify that in themselves or call themselves that. 
it's always this weird like mental gymnastics like mental uh break where if you're saying this person is other and other is socialism other is communism what are you saying about yourself like right their answer is like i would say i'm free but it doesn't follow logic well, and I think that there are ways, and, and other countries have demonstrated this, right, where, like, where there's ways to exist within a capitalist system that isn't, like, as oppressive. I wouldn't say that it's, like, inherently unoppressive, but, like, it's not necessarily as oppressive, right? Like, when you look at some of the Scandinavian countries that still have a capitalist model, mm-hmm. but also provide, like, social services in, in large quantities. Right. Um. But yeah, so and I and I feel like a big part of that is like the root, like the founding of this country, right? Like at the time of the founding of this country, the main labor like in this country were people that were being enslaved, you know, to like have free labor for the ruling class. And then like you have just not it's and it's like we've never like fully gotten away from that. Like yeah. there's always been different ways of oppressing people. And there's always been like wanting people to get the absolute least for their labor. Like that is like the basis of the American economy. Right. I mean, I was going to say like, it works in those Scandinavian countries. I I believe because their, their proletariat isn't racialized. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they I can, think- I think it's okay. easier for them to like, be convinced to provide for their neighbor if their neighbor is like them. Yeah. If they, like, if you don't see someone as fully human, like, why would you want to pay more taxes? Right. And then that's like, I mean, then how you don't really like fix that, right? In this country, then, you know, then the, I mean, kill it with fire, but. (laughs) Right. That's, yeah, exactly. I think that's like kind of what I want to talk about at the end. But yeah, I mean, I think, right, then it is, like, there's there's no, like, reforming, is what we're saying, right? Like, there's no, similar to last time, there's no, like, incrementally fixing a system that is, like, purposefully and inherently yeah. racist yeah. and, like, built upon the idea of oppressing people to provide I think, labor. I mean, also, like, I'm just personally, fundamentally, like, pessimistic about the United States ability to do much besides kill, like as a country. Um, so I might be just like a, a bit of a Debbie Downer here, but yeah, like to me, the logic follows if you can't change like an ingrained ideology that's constantly being reinforced, then maybe there's an opportunity here to recreate a new system. <laughs> right. I know. I think I agree with you though. Like I just don't, yeah, I don't have like any optimism either. Um, and even like, even if there were a way to get back to like having a strong like labor movement, like I, I agree. Like even like the roots of all like labor movement, like all labor movement in this country was mostly to bring up white working class men specifically like and white working class women too. But like, that that is who like the labor movement historically wanted to help. Yeah, um, I think it also 
follows that today are some of our strongest unions are white um, and can be a source of trauma for black individuals. I mean, in this country, we've seen some strong labor movements led by black folk, but typically those are undercut by large structural, like, sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess we're like, we're skipping the end. I feel. Oh, sorry. Let's There's go like, back. Like, no, where are we? I mean, there is like nothing. There's, there's no fixing. <laughs> like, I think there are a couple of things that, okay. I don't think incrementalism works or is a long-term solution for broad structural change. But I think if, you know, we're not going to do anything, there are a couple things that we could maybe fix in the medium to short term that, like, could make it suck less. Like, I've always said that I think the one thing the United States is equipped to do is implement socialized medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, I don't know. Okay, that's, like, the thing, though, then, too, it's, like, okay, and I feel like this is often a conversation on the left that happens, and this Mm -hmm. is, like, getting away a little bit from healthcare, we can come back to it, but um, where there's, like, I think there's, like, the whiter, probably more privileged, like, obviously more privileged because they're white, but probably also, like, more economically privileged, Mm -hmm. that, like, wants to center, like the working class and like labor rights as sort of like the main thing and like then ignoring the racial history of this country. Right. And then there's like the other side of the far left that's like, you can't like, yeah, there's no way to like reform a system that is meant to be racist and will continue to be, even if you have like strong labor protections in place. Right. Like, I feel like I've heard that argument again and again. So it's kind of, but I feel like it's like, it's both, right? It's just like. Yeah, no, I think like people need to be healthy, housed, and fed. So we need to figure out how to take the teeth out of these large financial structures, centralize them, and at that same time, make that central body more adept at hearing and responding to either by election or by appointment, the needs of the people. Yeah. Well, so, like, th- it's a bunch of stuff happening at at once, you know. Yeah. Do we? Th- do you think that like elections can lead to a future where we get those things? I think I'm kind of like not sold on that. But then it's also like elections else? as they exist now. No. Yeah. I don't think that we are equipped as a country to hear the will of the people and enact that i think as a country we're equipped to do what we've always been doing and celebrate the disruptions as if they are the new trend yeah so like stacy abrams i believe is a a disruption from the norm not unwelcome obviously welcome but you know our newer more liberal 
representatives, our Congress people, are exceptions to the rule and not the rule of those who are representing us. Um, and I think liberals specifically are happy to say, look, look what we've done as a party and ignore the couple in the corner that, or the, the many in the corner that we want to kind of sweep under the rug, you know, and that will institutionally put our money behind. Yeah. Uh, to keep power. I feel like even like Stacey Abrams is even an outlier on the progressive left. Like I think that she's one of few that has like a really strong, like has strong organizing roots and like Mm -hmm. very clearly centers people. Like I I think I have been like a little disillusioned, like in 2018, I think there was excitement around the squad Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. having people with those views elected And then since then, it's like they've still voted in every way, like in lockstep with the Democrat Party. So it's like, are are you really doing anything differently? You know what I mean? Like some of their social media blasts are appreciated, sure. But it's like you're still voting in a way where there's really like no difference between having you or like one of these institutional like Dems in there, you know? Right. Like, yeah, because I think I think back to like a lot of times um, when they were voting on speaker and the progressive left got like nothing out of that. And it's like they didn't have to vote for Pelosi. Like there was nothing I I would have rather I would have respected because I think we do we both live in Rashida Tlaib's district. Yes. So I like I would have respected her more if she had not like voted for Pelosi, you know. Right. Um, I I don't really have the answer here. And I feel like a lot of the people who defend establishment Dems to the death would say, um, I don't believe in being devil's advocate, but I do believe in, you know, entering that argument as I believe it would be said. I'm not going to defend this at all, but would say there are things at work that, you know, maybe some horse trading, maybe some backdoor deals where, you scratch Nancy Pelosi's back and she doesn't ignore, you know, th- your district when you need something, right? But, like, the point of that is make a, a second viable candidate so that you don't have to bend your will to Nancy Pelosi. Like, if there is a, a true movement that pushes in, you know, like, someone that is, like, equally ready to be speaker then a lot of those worries are kind of taken care of um so the back and forth on that is a little a little bit weird and i don't know to me it doesn't it doesn't follow do you have like a a personal tie to uh unions the labor movement any of that so I, like, growing up, a lot of my family members were in unions, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're obviously in, like, the um, United Auto Workers, like, city, right? Um, so, like, I had a lot of that. I had that growing up. I think, like, my main interest in unions, so a lot of times, is just because I think even personally, I pause a lot of times, like, when certain like political actions come like I have so I have a lot of friends who are like very willing to get arrested at 
like rallies or protests because they're self-employed. Right. Whereas like for me, it's like I'm always having to think like, okay, how is this going to be perceived by my job? Because at the end of the day, I like cannot afford to live if I don't have that, you know? Right. Um, so I think like it's just like in thinking about that, right? Like how labor unions at least make it easier for someone to like maintain their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And how now we have like so few people in the country that are in, in labor unions, but also just like I think I'm I'm always interested in the way that things are communicated and like marketed out and how unions were pretty like successfully shit on for the last like 40 years where now people like kind of view unions as being like almost this like lazy like entitled thing whereas we used to have like large parts of the country advocating for unions wanting to be in unions like that was very much the norm and now it's yeah now it's like oh you want it you want a union it's because you're going to be like a shitty worker right i um I have a personal relationship to unions because my grandmother, who was a teacher for a long time, mm-hmm. um, actually retired or left the classroom to work for the teachers union, the um, oh. like the Fulton Federation of Teachers, which is a subsidiary of the American Federation of Teachers, um, and worked um, in you know advocating for teacher membership and also advocated for teachers and georgia is one of the last places where teachers unions actually you know have a little bit of teeth and advocacy for their members like if you go to jail you can get a lawyer if you get fired you can get an advocate if a kid beats you up you know there's like protection there and i like she was also like a member counselor and like had to like cuss schools out and like I remember her like really running up on like <laughs> pol- politicians. Like we would go like protest on the weekends, and I to this day I have no idea why she felt it was like okay to like take her grandkid, but mm-hmm. it was awesome. Like we would, I would just like be making like my signs with my like glitter glue and markers, like free teachers or whatever. Um. And just seeing that kind of like labor advocacy, but also like being older and hearing the horrific things that she had to advocate for, for teachers. Multiple times I would hear her quoting to principals like the Geneva Convention or like like the UN, like human rights declaration. Like you cannot work somebody for these many hours straight without a break um (laughs) like it is not okay to like punish one teacher or punish a group of teachers for the action of one that is in any situation like (laughs) not okay and like we've decided internationally that that is not a thing you can do yeah um and like there were teachers who um unfortunately committed suicide um behind the treatment of like how they were um pretty much disposed of by the school system and she advocated for them so understanding like that and realizing that um teachers in our state who were disenfranchised or basically left unprotected by their union because a previous governor like created laws that pretty much rendered teachers unions unusable or ineffective 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's like, oh. Isn't it? It's like so insane to me too sometimes too. Like the things that we have today as like the result of like labor unions or like Mm -hmm. unions advocating for like what seem like really basic things that I think we like kind of take for granted. Right. Maybe don't understand. Like, right. Like having like an eight hour work day, having, and even like, that's like a lot. That's (laughs) a lot. Like I I have four hours in me every other day. Right. And then, but, like, they also got, like, overtime pay, like, a lot of, like, safety protections in place. Tenure. Yeah, tenure. Medicare and Social Security came from unions. Like, they advocated a lot for civil rights at one point in time. Um, I feel like a lot of different things, but I think it's, like, we just think of that as so basic. Right. And I I think, like, my other interest in labor unions, too, is just, like, the idea that by having a collective, like, by having more than just one person, you are in, like, such a better place to advocate for yourself or for anything else, right? Just because it's – there is, like, safety in numbers. And Mm -hmm. whether it's, like, a labor union or, like, a mass movement or whatever, like, like – I just I wish that we were in a position in this country to still be having like movements like that, you know? Yeah. Whereas I now think- it's like we've sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, like now, like when we do see like large protests, like in, in like the way George Floyd and then with Roe v. Wade, um it was it's like people were like protesting on the weekends and like at night. It was, like, completely centered around, like, your work hours. And then that started to, like, slowly fall off. Even with, like, Roe v. Wade, it's it's not been that long since Mm -hmm. that decision was passed. I don't – and I don't see people, like, continuing to protest, really, which is sad. Um, Yeah. So I was also going to say that you bring up a good point, like, a little bit earlier that, like, there is a lot of propaganda – sorry, my baby's in the background. Um, there is a ton of propaganda around labor unions and their effectiveness. I don't know if you remember that documentary, like Waiting for Superman or whatever, um, about the school systems. And they, I think they particularly looked at like the East Coast, like it might've been like DC or New Jersey or a mixture of both. Um, And I just like distinctly remember a line in there or a common refrain of, we can't do X thing because of the teachers unions. And there was no elaboration on that. And it's like, now we've had this posturing of teachers unions are in the way of like effective schooling. Mm-hmm. When what they really mean is we can't get the most out of teachers or we can't, um, we can't, use teachers if there are protections for their labor um, by like a union. Um, So like we can't make them stay after school and help, you know, for hours and hours. We can't uh, force them to do different things that might increase test scores or student performance or college acceptance if it's not written in their contract. Yet like the I guess 
like the spin of it all is that labor unions create restrictions for um, pushing education forward when really that's not it. It's that you don't pay teachers enough or give them enough leeway to feel comfortable and safe enough to be creative in the classroom. Like not once in that documentary, I don't believe, and I'm sure some listener will fact check us or I could fact check myself, was teacher pay mentioned like as a driving factor for a performance. Right. And yeah, I, when I worked in schools, I was like, what I heard all the time was like people would blame, yeah, the teachers unions. And I think like on the, like another part of that too, that I find like very frustrating is I think that in general, like a teacher's union would protect a handful of shitty teachers versus like the many, many good teachers that they are protecting. You know what I mean? So it's like, why are you pointing out these like couple of people that maybe are not good teachers that you're having a hard time firing versus like, yeah, the many people who are doing a good job and are just overworked and underpaid. And like at the, the, very edge of their like mental health like they can't you know like once you're tapped out like there's only so much that you can do right like they're like we can't fire this teacher who like slammed a kid because of union protections well you know like if you were properly or adequately staffed as a school you could move them out of the classroom um into another position still pay them but you can't even move them out of the classroom because this job doesn't pay enough to attract new people to the profession. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Like, how many... I mean, that's just, like, a constant thing. Like, I think it's it's almost, like, a joke at this point. Like, how little teachers are paid in this country. It's, like, literally nothing. They're such an important job. And then, yeah, the hours are insane. Yeah. Like, to be on call, basically, 24-7. And then even if you're not, like, in the, that's, like, another thing, too, that I, like, can never get over, like, when working in schools is, like, you're expecting the person to be there from, like, 7 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. until, like, 4 p.m., which is already more than an eight-hour day. And that, like, doesn't include time to prep lessons. And then a lot of schools right. are expecting teachers to have to teach multiple subjects. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can make one lesson plan. You know what I mean? It's like for like one lesson plan for each day. It's like you're needing to make one lesson plan for each day for each different subject you're having to teach, right? And that takes like hours on top of your nine hour, ten hour a day already. And then yeah, and then you're like complaining that they're not good enough. And then there's, like, the gender aspect of it. Like, we can just pay women less in this yeah. country. Yeah. But, like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, isn't that's definitely a thing. Like, jobs that are sort of, like, historically coded as being for women, like, do have lower pay on average versus jobs that, like, historically have been for men. Right. Oh, man, this is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's pick it up a little bit. Why don't we... What's your favorite, like, protest slogan? Um, 
<laughs> could do it. How many? I honestly, I normally find protest slogans to be like really cringy. Yeah. Like just in general. Yeah. I, I freestyle mine. Right. Like the ones that are like optimistic, I normally find cringe. Like those are the ones that I think are the most cringy. Or anything, anything that's like, um, if I ever go to like a women's rights rally or something, yeah, and it's really centered around female anatomy. Like this that, pussy grabs back. Yeah, yeah, I hate those. I hate those ones. Or like, yeah, or like hands off our uterus or something. I, like, for yeah. every reason, I like find those to be. Not my favorite. Like yeah, I'm like I'm I'm with you with the sentiment. Like please, hands off my uterus. But like, why are we saying this? Like, who's gonna take us seriously? The other guys have guns. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> right. Like I almost like I can't even think of a slogan off the or like a yeah off the top of my head. But I would rather have one in that same vein that was like. I will say that I do love like the european urge to not work yeah um too fucking everyday siesta i love that i just looked up like protest signs uh-huh. and one is that popped up was you know it's bad when this many introverts march and i hate that yeah specifically your personality is not your personality i hate to say it <laughs> It's always introverts too, and maybe yeah. I'm saying this as not an introvert, but like, st- I'm just like, okay, you fucking get it. You're you don't talk, you don't talk like you don't want to talk to us. You're drained. Your social battery. Ah, just like go home. No one, no one's gonna be that upset. <laughs> you were not the life of the party. I don't know if you realize this, but <laughs> yeah. I do get how like. Um, oh god, or like this one says, you know, it's bad when a straight white guy is marching. That's Sorry. insane. Why would you ever? All y'all do is march. All but y'all it's do- just like, that's embarrassing, right? Like, yeah, you've got oh, now it's bad. I wonder, like, what that was even about. Like, oh, now you're willing to like do something, honey. What was Occupy Wall Street? Like, right, right. Um, I'm trying to find, like, what this was for. That's insane, though. Like, now I'm just, like, deep in the rabbit hole of looking at protest signs. Like, it's our future, so stop fucking it. I don't mind that one. That's That's actually really good, yeah. I think, think, like, generally, like, climate protest signs, like, are less cringy. Like, people are – it's, like, harder to say something, like, completely idiotic, you know? yeah. I do like the, like, desperation of a climate protester. Yeah. Mainly because I spend, I would say, 90% of my day ignoring that we are in a climate catastrophe. We are. Isn't that? Oh, my God. I saw, like, someone post the other day. Um, or the, or uh, this is the, or not the hottest, the opposite. This is the coldest summer. Like, every summer is going to be hotter. Oh, wow. Oh, they were saying, wow. Concisely, I'm like fucking it up. But they said something, yeah, like or like this is gonna be the coldest summer. Type of thing. Which isn't that so scary to think about? Yeah. 
Like, it's just going to be hotter and hotter. Like, I actually, like, can't remember there being so many days where, like, it is actually, like, just difficult to be outside. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't go outside. Yeah, it's like, I'm, like oh, okay. I'm having a hard time walking. I can't even, like, walk my dog because it's, like, so yeah. hot. Our feet are burning, so I got to wait until yeah let's turn around let's come back in yeah um yeah that's insane i was just talking to a contractor and i'm like we keep having all these unprecedented floods so like we need to do something yeah yeah the floods last oh my gosh this like happened last summer we don't live somewhere that like normally floods even though we're close to the water like Mm -hmm. it doesn't normally flood right Right. We also don't have, like, good infrastructure here. No, no one here. Yeah. So, like, right, like, the whole country doesn't, but I think we're, like, especially bad. But there was one day where it was raining so hard. I was so scared to drive. Like, I actually called one of my friends because I was like, hey, I just, like, want you to be on the phone in case I do, like, crash or something happens so that you can, like, hurt someone. Um, and then I like got kind of close to where I was going and it was like a flash flood. I watched like the end of this street that I was on, like this kind of side street mm-hmm. and like it just immediately, it was like flash flooding and all of the cars were starting to lift up and I had to like reverse down the street, like as fast as I could. And then I was just like trying to get my car out of like a foot of water <laughs> So scary. I've just, like, never had that experience. And then I think that is going to happen again this summer. Not, like, to me, but, like, here. I think it's going to happen on a, on multiple summers for the rest of our lives. Every, every summer. Forever. Yeah. Right? Isn't that wild to think about, too? Like, the climate that we grew up in, just, like, for our children, is just not going to be the same at all. Like, they're not going to have. No, yeah. No, it, it's wild, but, like, I don't even know how to think about it or how to prepare. And it would be nice, like, if at some point, like, a government official was like, hey, we're, like, too far gone. This is how to prepare for, like, the next 20 years. These are things you should do for your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, though, because I think that's kind of, like, where we're at, right? Like, it's sad. I was I was going to say, like, make one last point. I was going to say that I think it's hard for us as a country to, like, digest and process labor issues because we have such a fundamental disrespect of laborers and workers and such a reverence for business owners. Even though the whole, like, frame is that these business owners create jobs, we never go far enough to ask the question for whom and why. Um, and... It's created, I think, a, a ton of terrible working conditions, but also living conditions for us all. I think COVID was as bad as it was because nurses had been exiting the bedside for so long leading up to it and had been warning, like, if there's any, you know, medical emergency, if there is any catastrophe, we're not going to be there to take care of people. Yeah. And it happens, and we still aren't treating nurses better. There still are strikes. They're still forcing people to do overtime, which should be illegal. You know, still, nurses are still going without breaks to use the restroom, and places are still understaffed. Yeah, I think, I guess maybe, like, my, like, 
final thought kind of related to that. Or, like, I don't know. Um, I guess I have two thoughts. Mm-hmm. One is, like, I think, like, one thing that I, I almost, like, want people to think of when they're thinking of, like, wealthy elites or, like, labor or just, like, in general being, like, a part of a working class and not a part of, like, the elite class is, like, even though – everything can't be like quantified so easily like a lot of the relationships that we have should be viewed like more transactionally like yeah like the elites like are taking so much more right like they're taking so much more from the environment they're taking so much more wealth and that comes at the expense of you as an individual within class like it's not it's not some like fake non-existent thing it is like every time Kylie Jenner flies her private jet that is at the expense of you and your child's future, right? And, like, right. the the fact that we, like, don't think about it that way is, like, really insane to me. Or just, like, every single dollar that Jeff Bezos keeps for himself is at the expense of you, like, the working class, like, you as, like, the Amazon employee. Right. Like, that is at your expense. And, like, you should be angry about that, right? Like, I don't, I don't get why... We're like so cool with these people taking so much, right? While most of us in this country are like worried day to day about how we're going to like pay for things or what's going to happen if we have an emergency, right? right. Like, are we going to be able to take care of ourselves or not? And and I think like that's yeah part of why I, like I wish there was collective action because it's like there's so many more of us yeah living with so much less. Because specifically those people don't view the rest of us as, like, real people or as worthy as they are to, like, shit on us and treat us like shit. Mm -hmm. Like, every single day take all these things. Like, it's just, yeah, insane to me. It's very sad. On the Kardashian-Jenner note, like, I, I don't think anything is, like, as eloquent, like, or obvious as, like, Kim being taken to court over illegal labor practices and then going on Vanity Fair or Vogue and telling us to get our fucking asses up and work. Right. Like, honey, (laughs) you can't even manage your own household without abusing workers. Like, (laughs) right. Right. And yeah, it's just like, it's just so telling to you in the way that we like, quantify people's like hourly wages right like yeah. so she has like, like all of these people working for her taking care of her children and it's like how much does she actually pay them how much do we think that she actually pays them right like right or have you ever that, looked at like the job like postings for like the british royal family no it's like their chef makes like thirty two thousand a year or like Kate's personal assistant makes like 28000 a year. And they're like in the job description, they're like, and it'll be great experience. And like, you'll be able to put the British Royal Family or Kensington Palace on your resume. It's like, girl, stop it. That's insane. Yeah. Like, what did yeah, you do all I- that pillaging for? Right. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, like, why I find, like, celebrity culture and stuff so gross. Because it's, like, these people literally think that you're nothing. 
Like, they think that you're, like, a piece of shit and, like, you don't deserve, like, a happy, healthy life. And they're showing that every single day when they choose to, like, jet around the world, kill our planet, and pay the people that are working for them fucking nothing. And, like, build these shit, like, they make these, like, shitty-ass products for their terrible brands, but they have, like, they're paying, like, people that are in, like, warehouses, like, all around the globe, nothing to do it. I don't know. And, like, the people who are supposed to be protecting us, like, from that are, like, taking money from them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? It's all just sort of, like, a, like, cyclical thing and all that just, like, comes together. That is – one day we'll have to talk about um, campaign, uh, like, financing policies because that is, like, one of my few – where I'm, like, there's, like, a handful of policy points where I think if they got, like, a complete reformation, not that they ever would, but, like, if they did, it could make, like, significant differences, and I think campaign um, financing is one. Absolutely. Um. Okay, should we pivot to what's bothering us? Yeah. What's what's bothering you? Um, are, wait, are we going to do what's bothering us or are we going to do something happy? <laughs> I mean, my what's bothering me is, like, kind of funny, I guess. Okay. It's not really – it's not a bad one. Okay. I was just going to say what's bothering me is that we – shit talk so much in these podcasts sometimes that I like forget who we were shit talking yeah. and if to us or not so anyone who's gonna hear this could it be you think about it I don't know did we have but, like, to edit you out <laughs> yeah right like did you say something horrible to us and then we had to talk about it I don't know I don't know <laughs> but I just spent like an hour and a half today like having to comb through our latest release being like, oh shit, I forgot this, this, and that about this, this, and that person. This is not really bothering me too much. It's just that it was like the last thing that I did today before we started recording. <laughs> um, what's bothering me this week is, um, hold on, give me one second. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what's bothering me this week? <laughs> I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Okay. But this pink sauce shit. Have you seen the pink sauce oh, on TikTok? God. Yeah, I would love to talk about pink sauce. <laughs> what about it is bothering you? I have intentionally, like, I saw the one, I saw one tiktok about this pink sauce and i thought it was great like a great uh summary um about where we are in the drama and where we need to go and i said okay that's it i don't think i want to look any more into it and i'll go back and, and tell you all what it is in just a second but i was like i'm done i'm not gonna seek it out like there is some drama like on on tiktok that when i see it like i need to like search it in the search bar and figure it out this is not one of them. Didn't want it. Um, and um, I kept getting videos. So, like, it's bothering me that, like, I barely interacted with this one video. But, like, I'm getting videos on my For You page. People are sending me videos about it. And I, like, 
it's bothering me because this situation is some woman who is selling un, an undisclosed sauce with undisclosed ingredients that is pink. Um, and it's supposed to be like, you know, I don't know, a, a miracle sauce that's supposed to go on like everything. Mm-hmm. The problem is, there's a couple of problems. Clearly, there's dairy in it and it's being shipped presumably without preservatives uh, in yeah. the hottest, like some unprecedented heat. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So this dairy is like essentially rotting um, yeah. and it's being shipped and people are actually in the hospital, actually sick from it. Um, and like the macros, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> The nutrition label on the back is like something like 444 servings, but like the girl is like saying that because she wanted like angel numbers to like be on her bottle and it's like, okay, like this is the most (laughs) pigeon brain thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And I'm sure the sauce is good, but like you're putting people in danger and it's, uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say my favorite thing is that I think isn't it vinegar. It's like spelled wrong on it. Yes, like, not even her labels are just like all her label. The labels are chaotic. It is multiple different shades of pink depending on who you talk to. Um, <laughs> I already said the bottles were bloated, so that's like a sign that you should like. If I if yeah. you can hear anything from me today, y'all, like if you get a bottle from a grocery store, and it's like bloated anyway or warped do not eat anything from it because air and bacteria have gotten into that product and like that is one way to know like this is why you should never eat anything from a dented can why you should never eat anything like when you open a bottle if the like seal is broken like you should not do those things like there's botulism right and like one side of tiktok is like y'all are haters you're hating on a black entrepreneur, a black woman entrepreneur, and like I get that. Like, I if she was white, I think it may have taken longer for her to get some um, detractors, and maybe she would have been given more of an opportunity to like backtrack and redo. But that doesn't change the fact that like it did happen, and these things are occurring, um, and it's upsetting because I have to constantly deal with this like this internal struggle of not my business but what the fuck is actually happening i mean i'm with you yeah i honestly i would probably be like the type of person who would buy it to try it but it does look unsafe i will say it does look like from the reports that i've seen i still haven't gone to this woman's page but from the reports that i've seen it looks like she is reformulating um, to include some kind of shell stabilizing preservative. Yeah, she is like I she seems like the type of person who like has a pulse on social media, mm-hmm. has a cool idea, mm-hmm. and then just needs somebody who has been in like the sauce business to like help <laughs> her out. Business, the sauce industry. Right. Or just you know, like the food the food industry in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Like just someone who's like able to be like, hey, this is like a cool product if you like have it if you know you're like catering right but if you're trying to like 
ship it around the world, like there's probably some regulations you like would like to know about and there's some regulations that. you'd like to know about. <laughs> Just like some food safety laws so that you don't get like shut down and like be unable to like ever do this again. I would love You know that. what I mean? Like, like there's yeah. there's just like there's everyone's an expert in something, right? Like sometimes Sometimes you're the idea person and sometimes you're like the practical one. And I think she's the idea person and she needs someone. She needs a Wozniak. Exactly. I was thinking of them in my head. Yeah, she does. She needs a Wozniak. I I would love for somebody to slide into her DMs. Be like, hey, girly, you ever heard of the FDA? Um, (laughs) I'd like to get you in touch with them to help you. Um. I would say something else that's been bothering me is also some nonsense. It is Miss Chloe the Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I want her gone. I want her out of here. Yeah, she like at this point I can't even blame Tristan because he is only treating her how she allows herself to be treated. Um. Yeah, I guess I forgot that the pregnancy thing was, like, announced since we last spoke. Yeah, I mean, she's she's also, I don't know, I don't know. I think that's, like, a whole episode, right, that we could talk about, like, on beauty standards, how the Kardashians have contributed to them, how they've played into them, how they've been harmed by them. Yeah. All the things. Like, I got so close. I have retired mostly from internet bullying. Um, but today, I got so My hands were shaking. I got so close. Um, and I had to realize I am in control of my actions, and I can't control anyone else. But it was announced, for those who don't know, that um, Tristan and Chloe had conceived a baby, presumably a boy, uh, through... Um, a surrogate with some embryos that they had created and frozen uh, prior to this latest Tristan cheating scandal coming out, which is he um, had a baby boy with an athletic trainer named Marley Nichols. Allegedly, the baby has already been born. Who knows? Tristan was seen in Greece holding hands with Someone who is allegedly Cheney Jones, which is someone who Kanye has been linked to um, in his divorce era. Um, So it's all messy. And I would like to point out that this woman looks like Chloe's old body. Um, Yeah. um, I I guess it was it confirmed it was her. um, She is saying that she was there, but not with him. Um. Yeah, so I, that's why I'm saying alleged. Okay, okay. It looks like her. Yeah, it did look like her. And I don't think anybody has a reason to lie. Um, but uh, Chloe has changed her body again and her face. And I think she is going for White Woman in the Valley in 1990. Um, she has... Huh? That is like... Yeah, real. Yeah. Before, I think she was going for Lala. Um, She has, like, today, nine hours ago, as of this recording, she has posted um, a photo of her on a a yacht. 
um, with an alcoholic beverage, presumably next to her on a towel. And she's got these like ripped abs and obliques and her boobs are way smaller than they usually are. And she can actually sit on her ass squarely, which she hasn't been able to do since she was with Lamar. And her legs and arms are stick thin. And this woman is what, 5'10"? Like, I, I don't know that she uses her body enough like in her everyday life to justify that kind of physique. Like, I don't think it's naturally occurring for her is what I'm saying. I don't think so either. Yeah. And it's kind of scary almost to see. Like, I think that is always something that's like a little concerning when you see right? celebrities lose like a massive amount of weight. Yeah. And I I think this is, to me, it's scary because, like, I think we're actually seeing her real body. And the last time that we've seen her real body and not all edited up was when Grandma MJ dropped that photo of Chloe, like, during the pandemic. I think it was maybe, like, 2020 or 2021, early. Um, and she was, they were all mad at Grandma MJ for showing, like, this really, I thought it was one of Chloe's best pictures in a while. Um, and she was larger than what she is now, but I thought that was a good, healthy weight for her. Anyway, the caption of this Richard photo is, don't forget, the crown may tilt at times, but it never falls. And like, Chloe, you're not even your mom's queen. Like, I, yeah. like you are a fool. Like, you have like a black daughter and the example you're setting for her is choose a man at all costs and that sucks for her and you did all of all that you did to jordan woods for breaking up your family and this and that and she should have called and apologized and you're a liar and whatever and you and your grown ass pushing 40 ass sisters cyberbully this woman for you to just take him back every single time and even when you're quote unquote not together you're still having a baby together you're still choosing him over your own self-respect so like what was the point of taking away kylie's security blanket in harming jordan in the process yeah i mean sometimes i wonder too like how much of that is like a pr play like could you imagine i could very much imagine that they like when that happened, or even before that it did or didn't happen or whatever, yeah. it was, like, a can, like a, a choice, right? Like, they all sat down and they were like, okay, like, what do we do to, like, cause some drama, blah, blah, blah. Or it did happen, and then they were like, okay, well, fuck you, Kylie. We're going – or we're going to run with it this way because someone at that party, like, saw whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that makes the, I think that makes sense with Kylie calling Kim and crying and is like she's my best friend like she helped me raise Stormy and it's like girl where was Stormy's dad like you're telling on yourself I think um, she is my favorite Kardashian we've talked about it who Kylie yeah I don't feel bad for her I think she's actually a demon I think they're all really bad. I think they're all terrible, horrible, gross people. Um, I like Courtney. Like, I know she's terrible, horrible, and gross, but, like, she's my kind of gross. <laughs> totally fair. I like that she, like, constantly harasses those bitches, like, the way that they harass us. She was like, no, yeah, Kim. Yeah, that is. That is. 
Okay. Do we, do we call it here? Yeah, I think this is good.